The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand cave rescue operation. What is schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find you were four years Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to talk about mastering search algorithms. Joining us is Brett Lane, who is the Chief SEO Officer at SEO Outsourcing, whose primary goal is to provide customized SEO solution for clients, agencies, and publishers that include consulting, marketing strategy, training, and more to establish success across multiple search and digital channels. Brett has 20 years of SEO experience, and his team of operators are the people behind some of the SEO efforts for the biggest agencies in the world. And today, Brett and I are going to talk about local SEO tactics for Google's 3-pack. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Brett Lane, the Chief SEO Officer at SEO Outsourcing. Brett, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to have you on the show. Excited to hear a little bit from the people behind the people. Basically, you're the ones that are doing the work for some of the biggest SEO campaigns in the world. So you've got a great perspective on what's really happening and what makes an impact in sort of scaled challenges. And we've seen a lot of changes specifically in the local market for SEO. Everyone's going digital. We're seeing mom and pop shops pop up. And so now we're seeing that the sort of larger national chains need to, I don't know, maybe rethink their strategies to make sure they're competing. 
Talk to me a little bit about what's happening in local SEO and, and how do you make sure that you're mastering your strategy for, or you're optimizing your strategy to master Google's three-pack? That's a great question. In terms of looking at a lot of the things that are working, I, I take an approach to looking at what has worked, what is working, and what we think is going to work in the future. So I look at a lot of the old school types of things and then check to see, are they still making any kind of an impact within local search? And we start looking at new technologies and other Google algorithm updates that will help guide us in the direction that we need to, to look into. So I tend, typically tend to look at like what are those old school types of traditional forms of link building as it relates to local search? So if you're looking at things like general citations or you're using getting NAP listings, we get very specific and start breaking it down. Well, this is one of the things I learned when I was working with 100 Marriott properties back in the day at one of the agencies I worked with. If you could micro dissect each element to a campaign, then you can truly scale it. So I started looking at general citations. We looked at citations that were related to localities near a person's business. Um, we looked at things like niche citations. So like if you're a, a wedding, you're a hairdresser or you provide photography for, for weddings, then there are sites online that you could submit your information to that are very specific to what you do in the areas where you specifically work. So and we also look at things like big data center submissions where you're submitting information to large data centers that provide more information about your name, address, your phone number across the internet. So the first, in my opinion, that fundamental, those aspects are really about laying the, the foundation for links and getting more of a consistency for your name, address, and phone number. And everybody knows about citations and link building, but I always tell people, it's one of those fundamental things that you just have to do because you have to at least get to the level of where your competitors are. Once you're at that level, then you can start looking at things very strategically and start building upon that. But if you're not, if you're not walking where everybody else is walking, you can't run. Okay, so you're starting off basically your directory strategy. If you've got a business that has a local entity, you need to make sure that you have your listings, not only where your consumers are looking, but the directories where all of your competition might be to kind of match the linking strategy of the other people that are in place. Great. I've got 10 locations. I need to make sure that I've got 10 Yelp listings and I'm in the directory for every hairdresser and specifically the ones that are in my local area. That seems like the table stakes. Once you've sort of got the foundation set and you're on par with your other competition, with your competition, what are the ways that you can outpace and outrank? So a lot of the ideas are related to what specifically is within your Google business profile listing. So looking at your titles, your descriptions, looking at like the categories specifically, a lot of people don't spend time figuring out what their competition is doing in relation to even those basic elements. Uh, so you're going to want to make sure that your, your Google business profile is at least up to date with what everybody else is doing. Categories are, are a huge thing. I would say one of the biggest things outside of your specific profiles, as well as those general links, is showcasing to Google that there's an actual interest in your business. And there's a couple of different ways that you can do this. So when you start looking at conversion rates through Google search results into the actual websites, they look very, very heavily in terms of how are people searching for your business? In what geographical area are they searching? Are they looking for variations of your brand, brand plus keywords, brand plus area, or just general non-branded keywords in and of themselves? And Google starts to showcase more impressions for your business in specified areas where you're operating. And it'll what we've seen from our testing is they'll start showcasing, giving your business more impressions for things that are non-branded. 
So if you are that hairdresser and you're in Dallas, Texas, you'll start getting variations of your listing show up for keywords that are related to what you do. And what they look for is how well are consumers responding to that? So if if they're noticing that there's people responding within a one mile, two, three, four mile radius to all those different variations, and they start seeing more conversions take place, what's going to happen is they're going to start to show your listings at a greater rate in comparison to everybody else. And they're going to keep testing it, testing it, testing it throughout the month to see how well people are engaging with those listings. And when they see more conversion rates for those listings, they're just going to continue to give you more and more and more um, exposure because At the end of the day, we all know Google wants to showcase results that are going to have the best user experience for anybody who is listening or looking at those results because they know the more they do that, the more you come back, the more money advertisers are going to spend and the more money is going to go in their pockets. So let's unpack that a little bit. I, I heard three key points from you. One is your Google My Business. You need to think about categorization. And are you in the right category? And and maybe that's a point of differentiation where I'm sure that there are subcategories for different types of hairdressers. One might be wedding hairdresser, men's hairdresser. You can basically play the categorization game to specialize or stay broad. That's one big decision. Then you got into the idea of reputation management, right? What are people saying about you? And then you talked a little bit about the conversion rate. Let's talk about reputation first. I've got a business. Google's obviously looking for social signals to figure out if people are prioritizing my business, if it's respected. We always talk about eat, expertise, authority, and trust. Obviously, in local, we're looking at reviews and ratings. How do you prioritize that? Is that something that you try to game? Do you try to get your customers to leave as many reviews as you can? How big of a signal do you think that is? I think it's a huge signal. It's kind of, you're playing a game of cat and mouse with Google. And the other review sites, they tell you not to seek out to try to get the reviews from customers. But in my opinion, if you can, if you're providing a really good service to people and you're making it very easy for them to leave reviews where you're doing follow-ups and you're using software that can help you. When a person sees you, they give you their email address, they have an experience with you and you can come back and you can contact them within that first 24 hours of having an interaction with your business. In my opinion, that's the best way to go. Just because you're there, you caught them if you had a good experience with them. If they want to re- leave a review for your business or not, if that's completely up to them. The reason I think it is very important is I've done tests where we've looked at listings that were ranking within like, let's say the top 15 listings within Google's local search. And in cases where you're talking about a difference between 10 to 20 reviews alone, are making a ma- major impact on rankings within that three-pack. I've seen companies be at like ninth and 10th, and then they go from like 10 reviews to 20 reviews or 25 reviews. And I've seen massive, massive uptick in less than 30 days. I guess the question is volume or velocity. Is it, I have 30,000 reviews and they are relatively high rating, so I must be a popular established business? Or is it, 10 people this week have positively reviewed my store. Which one do you think is a bigger trigger for Google? I think in terms of the initial trigger is going to be velocity because they're going to see an uptick in interest in your business. But I do think that for longevity purposes, having those listings increase and getting more is going to, that also helps out because like I've seen listings where we've gone from, and these are test listings because I do a lot of testing on my own assets to see, hey, what's that threshold? So we've seen instances where we've generated 
reviews for listings where they've we've done one every other day. And we've done that for literally 30 days. And we've done some where there's been slower, shorter amounts over a longer period of time. And what I notice is when you have the velocity, it gets you to the rankings faster. But if you're not maintaining that current flow, what you see is that your the listings don't last as long over time. So I believe you have to do both. You got to go in and if you're engaging with business and Google sees that your business is growing, it's interacting with more people, they start to see an increase in velocity. They're going to start to notice that there's more interest in your business. They're going to start showcasing your business at a greater rate in terms of impressions throughout their local search. And then over time, it starts to create this wave effect. You start getting that increase in reviews slowly but steady. Then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're at the top of the wave. You may not have to create as many reviews because it depends upon what your competitors look like. Your biggest competitor has 30 reviews. And now over the net last three, four or five months, you've gotten up to 60, 75 you're not going to have to put in as much effort in terms of that velocity, but you still want to drip feed and showcase to Google that your business is still making an impact. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. All right. So it's a little bit of volume. It's a little bit of velocity. You want to show consistency, not just, hey, we got a bunch of reviews and then we fell off. The last question I have for you is you mentioned the notion of kind of conversion rate optimization. Google is going to, once you start ranking, once you're showing that you have table stakes in terms of linking, you're categorized the right way, you've got a reputation that they can depend on. Now it's a question of whether you're actually going to drive conversions. How do you optimize for that? When you're thinking about Google's testing and making sure that you're delivering on what they want, What's the way to do conversion optimization when it comes to local traffic? So for the local traffic, you know, you can do a lot of things with your profile, like where you're putting in information that's geared more towards getting them to take some kind of an action, very basic things on that end. But from the conversion standpoint, from within the search results, like, yeah, if you're tweaking your listings and you're catching people's eyes when they're looking at your review and you're doing things with like marketing schema, where you can showcase more information about who you are, what you do the reviews on your site, you're going to get more interest in it. When I was talking about conversion rate, I was putting a little bit of a different spin on that. What I was talking about is if you're using something like Local Falcon, 
or local Viking, and you're monitoring where your listings rank within a, on a, on a geo grid, where you have your business being here, one mile, two, three, four, five mile radius of that business, those tools are awesome in that they can showcase where you would rank if a person were sitting at a specific geographic location near your business. And those tools can show you tons. I mean, you can create a grid in five minutes that shows you what it looks like if a person were to search for your business within Google's local search within those different radiuses. And the goal is to get from the reds and the yellows, which means you're like sitting in position 5, 10, 15, to a green, which light green is the top like five. And then dark green is a top three position, which is where you want to be. So what I was talking about was finding ways strategically and creatively to show an increase in interest. So there's two ways you can look at this. You got the black hat, the white hat. I'm going to cover both because I love to learn. I know a whole lot about black hat because I want to know what my competitors are doing. And I want to be able to know what's that line of what I, how close can I get up to that line without pissing anybody off, specifically Google. Because all of us who do SEO, we're doing things against their terms of service, which is we're tweaking and we're influencing their rankings. They want to say, if you build it, they will come. We all know that's garbage. I hear you. We're all a little gray hat deep down. Go, go on, tell me, give me the, the white hat <laughs> strategies and then what people are actually doing. Okay. So you can manipulate the interest in a business. If you're utilizing some form of marketing, let's say you're using things with Facebook marketing and you're able to create specific ads for businesses where you're targeting all the keywords that you go after and you're able to drop users within 5, 10, 15 mile radius of that business and drive them directly to your Google business profile pages. You are showing Google that there is an increased interest in that business for people who are searching based on zip codes, cities, states, etc. And you could do something very simplistic, like even if you set a $5 a day campaign where you're saying, hey, my business is here. I want to show this ad to people who are in different radiuses of that business with those ads. Very simplistic. And even Google might look at that like, oh, you're still kind of manipulating the way that people are searching. But I'm looking at it like it's an opportunity to drive people to a listing. So I guess the question is, you're doing a Facebook ad that is geo-targeted to an area that is one that you want to show Google people are interested in your business. I'm five miles away from a hairdresser. I'm going to be shown an ad that says, come here to get your hair cut and you'll get $10 off each hair we cut. And I'm going like, oh, that's a great deal. I'm going to click on this ad. Now, what's the landing experience? Am I going to the, the Google page for the account? Am I going to a search query? Like, what is the trigger you're actually driving? So Google understands that somebody in that area is interested in the business. So you're landing them specifically on the, the Google business profile page. So it's one of those things where you're still going to generate interest, even if it's just purely for brand awareness. Like even if you have just let people know, hey, you're in this area, you are, you have a business here and you're dropping them on that, they're going to start to see that those referring domains are coming from Facebook. That sounds pretty white hat to me, to be honest. Like I can't imagine Google being upset with you saying, I'm going to advertise my business to people that are close to my business. So let's put that under the white hat category. Yeah. What's the darker colored strategies? Absolutely. So there's different kinds of software that you can use. You can either use software that runs on your desktop or you can use crowd type, not... You can utilize people on the internet who are able to do different activities. So there's different software programs that you can utilize where you can have 
different IP addresses for every single submission that, that takes place. What I've, I have seen work on pretty well in the past is utilizing these kinds of software where you're targeting variations of the keywords that represent the business all within about a 10-mile radius of that business, where you're utilizing different IP addresses, everything. I mean, there's, it's really, really hard. I'm picking up what you're putting down. You're having people using a VPN to show that their IP address is close to your business, and then you're paying them to take the activity that you want. So Google sees what looks like real traffic and interest in your business, even though it's probably a Mechanical Turks-type transaction. That's definitely Black Hat. <laughs> Some of it is done, yes, with where the software does it all, where they're just plugging into networks that have these IP addresses that are residential. So you can pay for those. And so you have some versions where the software is doing it completely. You have some software that connects into a VPN and does exactly like you just said. It pulls up a the software that's running on all these computers all across the United States. And it goes on their computer. It conducts a search query. It checks to see where they are in relation to that business. And then it has it go through the process of interacting with that business. I've seen it done on desktop machines. I've also seen it done this last two years with mobile networking devices where people have, I've even done some testing, some crazy stuff where I've taken, I had a hundred cell phones in my office when I was in San Diego. And we were testing basically like with another software provider where that software would log in to, and it would use my phones to give me access to phones that were all throughout the United States to conduct search queries for any keywords, you know, keyword variations that we were looking to do. And we just, as I mentioned, a lot of this stuff, I just do for testing because I think it's pretty cool. Like if, can you tweak something? And I don't do any of this for any clients' websites. I own a good enough number of domains where I can do all the testing on my own resources. So I just like to see what works. You have to understand what your competition is doing to figure out if it's legitimate and you still have to compete with them even if they're black hat. Oh yeah, yep. So I, I have seen it with the mobile networks. Um, I've also seen people who go to, you know, like micro worker type sites and create a whole series of things where you're paying people um, five, 10, 15 cents every time they do the action that you specified from specific machines. So there are a lot of strategies that you can use to showcase those signals. Um, you know, a lot of it, you, you might get signals from a white hat perspective, just from doing events near your location and getting people interested, doing mobile marketing. Um, you can, I agree with you. If you're using those kinds of tactics where you're actually paying to get people who are interested and interact with your business near it, in my opinion, that should be totally white hat. But the stuff we're talking about right now is it's completely black hat. Yeah. You know, I guess the last question I have for you, if you're sitting in an office with a hundred cell phones and one of them rings, what do you do? It's <laughs> a great question. I've never had that happen. Um, <laughs> I have had, when I was testing out the, uh, the cell phones, we were it was interesting because we were, we were testing out to see, hey, if you're, if you're pulling a cell phone from a wireless connection only, is that still going to impact versus pulling it from a cell phone where you're looking at the data access? We've done testing to even see if one makes a difference. I haven't seen much difference. I mean, I've done testing where we've used the phone, the data from the phone carrier, and we've also done it to where it was just off of the Wi-Fi that's being pulled onto those phones and I haven't seen any major difference in ranking or like what does one work better than the other? No, they both work pretty, pretty well. You can get so micro down to what type of device, what's the format, what's where are you getting your data from? 
mastering local SEO is something that is as much an art as it is a science. And at the end of the day, what you need to do is get people that are interested in your business to be aware of you and show Google that that's actually the case. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Brett Lane, the Chief SEO Officer at SEO Outsourcing. Join us again tomorrow when Brett and I continue our conversation talking about mastering YouTube SEO. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Brett, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is SEO Outsource USA, or you can visit his company's website, which is seooutsourcing.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, Head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me personally. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Music.